0: The MMA Gambling Podcast on the Sports Gambling Podcast Network is presented by WinBet. Get started today and you'll get a risk-free bet of up to $500. Terms and conditions apply. Get the details at wynnbet.com and download the app today. We're also brought to you by Better Than Vegas. Better Than Vegas is your home to free daily video picks from the SGPN crew. It's like YouTube for sports gambling. Make sure to subscribe to our profile at sportsgamblingpodcast.com slash BTV. That's sportsgamblingpodcast.com slash BTV. And we are also brought to you by Roman. Roman is the straightforward way to take care of your ED. Just head to getroman.com slash SGP for $15 off your first month. That's GetRoman.com slash SGP. And finally, we're also brought to you by Underdog Fantasy. Underdog Fantasy is home to the Best Ball Mania 2 contest where you can win a million dollars. That's right, a million dollars. Sign up now at UnderdogFantasy.com, promo code SGPN. That's UnderdogFantasy.com, promo code SGPN.
1: Thank you for coming to the podcast, the MMA Gambling Podcast on the Sports Gambling Podcast Network. This is the 35th time you've let us into your hashtag to Jen, dirty earholes. So thank you. I'm hoping all of you listen to all the previous episodes, but if not, welcome. I would be Jeff Fox, your host, as I have been every other episode and as I have been every day on earth, I guess, since I was born. I'm pretty sure I was Jeff Fox when I was born. So... Um, I am an editor-writer at Sports Gambling Podcast, uh, as well as hosting the show, obviously. And I also run the MMA website, mmah-manifesto.com, which you should go to right now and enter our free Pick'em Contest for this Saturday's event. And uh, the good people at Sports Gambling Podcast Network are giving away a $50 gift card to whoever you want. So get over on that and, and get some free stuff, courtesy of the bosses here. Um, I don't think I have any other. Oh, um, other than. The after effects, the aftershocks and reverberations are still being felt over the the Degen world of me shaving. I'm getting a lot of a lot of feedback, not not very good feedback about me getting rid of the beard. But <laughs> it's, It was an early Mother's Day present for the the mothers in my life. The, the, all of them are happy about it, but all you hashtag dirty Degens uh, are not. Unsurprisingly, you are all uh, a bunch of hairy, hairy, hairy bastards. So, yeah. Um, I think I made you feel bad when I shaved, but don't worry, it's coming back soon. Well, not soon. It, it takes It takes forever to grow. You'll see uh, as I do my Better Than Vegas videos. You'll see. You'll see that nothing's on my face still, even though it's been almost a week. But regardless, uh, enough uh, enough grooming stuff. Uh, we need to be like sponsored by like man or stuff and all the grooming talk that <laughs> we've been having here. So uh, time to introduce my um. I want. I think I've called him a co-host the past few weeks, the past few episodes, which is incorrect, as he angled him. He negotiated himself a, um, a promotion. He's an associate host now, um, and he's far uh, far too qualified for for uh, that position, even even with the um, even with the promotion. Far too good looking, far too educated. Um, he's just um, far too good to be slumming it with uh, us, the gens, But he seems to like it, I think, or he's, at least he's coming back. Like I said last week, it could be the Stockholm syndrome thing, um, but regardless, um, he is also the host of the prelim picker and the Top Turtle MMA podcast, as well as associate hosting here, and he's writing all over the place also. He's on Sports Gammy Podcast Network, uh, sportsgammypodcast.com, I guess you would call it. Uh, he's on MMA-manifesto.com. Just published an article about one of the prelim fighters on this week, on there that he wrote i think he writes for other places too we have a bit of an open marriage here um but i I try not to ask questions because i don't really don't want to know what he's doing on in his spare time but i think he writes for some cage site press or some floozy site like that but regardless um he's a purple belt in jujitsu and a black belt in picking fights uh, as of last week this would be daniel gubby reeland
0: Man, you're getting more and more flattering. I, do, do you realize you keep doing that? that?
1: That was a long intro. I and it was and none know. of it was
0: mean except for for mm. maybe that cage side press is filled with floozies. But I don't. I don't even know that that's mean to me.
1: <laughs> no. Yeah, I guess. Okay. Well, I'll. I'll um, yeah.
0: Make fun of maybe my pick later. Edit edit that out. Yeah. Yeah. Can we? Make, can we make, edit it like, out and? Uh, we'll throw another we'll sweeten, air horn in there or something. Yes. We'll sweeten. <laughs> we'll
1: sweeten it in post because I'm sure you're right. People are going to be thrown off after that but hi Dan how's it going man?
0: Uh, not bad I mean we're back on a heater so so it's got to exactly. be good. Exactly.
1: Now I before we get started I think um, we have to be very careful not to Give away any of the UFC secrets or badmouth them because I've been hearing whew, from de- oh there's the first hoof that's of, the of first the, hoof. If, if, <laughs> I've been hearing from Diego Sanchez that UFC can have you killed if you give give away their deep dark secrets so I think we gotta really be careful toeing the line here and make sure we don't give away any of these deep dark secrets because it's it, do the research bro it's it goes all the way to the top
0: man I I think. Man, and maybe I'm maybe I'm wrong. Maybe maybe they're doing a lot shadier stuff. But like, <laughs> with with the amount of stuff that's come out that's been said by fighters who've been released, you know, like the Gray yeah. Maynards of the world, and um, you know, Leslie Smith, and like, you know, like they they've all said like the shady things that they had dealt with with Dana White and Joe Silva, you know, back when Joe Silva was still the matchmaker and stuff like that. Like the stories are out there, like, and they're all bad. Like he he's right, there is dirty secrets out there. But I don't feel like like what else would there be to dump out than what they said. You know what I mean? Like I, I mean, again, maybe I'm naive. Maybe they've got a lot more. Maybe they have a you know, there, there's some real underground conspiracy theory stuff going on, but I, I tend to believe that uh man, he he's uh he he's going a little over the top with that. That being said, crazy that he got fired for his uh his coach going going bonkers.
1: No not really. Like that that coach is Really is bonkers, and Diego, it's not like he's a big draw at this point. He, he is—he's uh, well past his expiration date as it is. But maybe it goes. Maybe it's even deeper, Dan. Maybe he knows way too much. He knows where all the bodies are are buried. He knows
0: uh, too it may- much. What is what is the school of? Oh man, man, I wish I. The school of self
1: awareness. The school of self awareness. Yeah, he's so self aware. Exactly, <laughs> bro. It, it, doesn't it always seem the conspiracy it comes, it'll be like some like pizza parlor pedophile ring or something? Isn't that always what? These yeah, I'm, I
0: mean, I'm, I'm nut, assuming, nut jobs end up saying. I'm assuming <laughs> that's what's going on with the UFC here. There's some kind yeah, of pedophile exactly. ring that they, It's, uh, it's PizzaGate all over. And, and only, know, um, and only Diego Sanchez knows about it, obviously, because exactly. that's who they it's would true. that's who they would run that information through.
1: I, I didn't really want to talk about him, but I figured it was it, it's good for a laugh. Like if. If this was new behavior for him, I would probably think twice about making fun of him because obviously it would mean he's having issues. But this is just him. Like, yeah, uh, I find that he's he's always needed help. So I
0: I find that super funny. I keep seeing on like Twitter and stuff that like, oh, this is the effects of CT, and I'm like, do you remember (laughs) him on the Ultimate Fighter one? Like this, this dude is. It's not. This is not just CT. Now, don't get me wrong. He may have been hit a lot of times in the head, and that may have amplified how nutty he was. But like this is the same guy who like carried a crucifix over his head and yelled the word yes as he as he marched is marched the right word marched to the gates yeah. that time it was yep.
1: wild. <laughs> yeah, he's he's self aware guys and we're not so we we can strive if you keep listening to this podcast and, and we keep making it maybe at some point we all can become self aware together and we'll drink the Kool Aid and the spaceship will come pick us up and. What else do we have to do? We all have to wear the same Nikes or something. I'm getting all of my cult stuff all put together here. And, um, that Heaven's Gate?
0: Was that Heaven's Heaven, Gate? Heaven, yeah. There,
1: there's a whole bunch, and we'll go to Waco, Texas, and, yeah. I'll put them all together. So anyhow um, – I, I think the ultimate guess is if when someone says I'm going to pray for you, so I'm going to pray for you, Diego. <laughs> that's, that's, that's a that's backhand a slap in the face when when people say that. It seems uh, it means they're dissing you. But regardless, I I didn't. That's basically the biggest news story of the week, really. Um, I haven't seen that YouTube guy's name. We haven't even mentioned it for a few weeks, a few episodes. So that's been nice. Um, Nate Diaz got a minor injury, so his fight got pushed. I guess Leon Edwards got pushed back from UFC 262 to UFC 263, which is a bit – it's not an issue, but it's too bad because 262 really needs that fight while 263 is already stacked with two title fights. So that's a bit of a bummer, but it sounds like it's still going to happen. So that's a positive, I guess.
0: Yeah, and you still got Tony Ferguson on there. That's right, yeah. He's not like a super draw anymore, but if you're using him as a co-main event, like he's still a good co-main event.
1: Oh, and you got Caitlin Chikagian too, so there you go. She, she, you don't know, a lot of people well, hate fighter on, dude. I, I will say a lot
0: of people hate on Caitlyn Chokagian, because mostly because of the, the noise that she makes when she fights, right? Like that, that's 90% of the hate on Caitlyn Chokagian. I will say this, her grappling is super underrated. She's like a Donna Herd death squad girl and like has good leg locks and stuff like that. Um, I think she's more exciting than people give her credit for.
1: Yeah, I wasn't. I wasn't uh, trying to hate her, and that name just popped off the the page. And yeah,
0: she's she's it, definitely it, it not a big name draw. To say, so.
1: <laughs> but yeah, but now we're looking at 263. We got Izzy versus Marvin Vittori for the middleweight belt. We got uh, Figueredo Moreno two for the flyweight belt. We got Edwards versus Diaz. We got Damian Maya versus Bilal Mohammed, which I'm very interested in seeing. Um, yeah, it's it's pretty stacked. Uh, so that's going to be. John Calderwood, Laura Murphy. Um, that's like a number one contender fight, probably. Yeah, think? De- so, yeah, definitely. Yeah. Uh, if Dan had his way, Laura Murphy would already have her title fight. But that's that's we'll, correct. We'll save that because <laughs> he is a, a fanboy of her. So, all right, um, we should get to this um, wacky card we have coming up, which was still. I was Joe. We had a lot of fun with the TBD versus TBD thing last episode, but it was still that. It was still headline, but TBD versus TBD up to what? Tuesday night, like late Tuesday night, I think, was when they officially – or some kind, sometime Tuesday they officially announced it actually was going to be Rodriguez versus Watterson. This is like one of the wackiest things I've ever seen. I think apparently they were having some logistical issues getting Rodriguez to the event, I think. Maybe she's um, – I guess she's Brazilian, I believe, right? So she's maybe she had trouble getting into the States, but it sounds like it's a go now. But I don't remember – other than like an injury replacement last minute, I don't remember a main event being announced this late uh, in fight week. Never. No, I,
0: I definitely don't either. And in, in, for what it's worth too, Michelle Waterson came out and said, I didn't realize it wasn't official because she had like just gone through like it was official since for like a week and a half now or something like that. So like, I, I guess they're, they're probably worse than hiccups, which is why they didn't like announce it, announce it. But like, I think it was pretty much a done deal.
1: Right. And it's uh not apparently it's going to be a five round if they need to go that that, that far. We're thinking it's going to be a slaughter. Um but it it's going to be it's got to for five rounds, which is uh which is good also. Um it, it's a pretty solid card all, all around. When I did the um I do fight card rankings on MMA Manifesto site and this one came up out uh, it's based on where fighters are in my performance rankings. So basically the better the fighters are, the higher the card gets ranked, that type of thing. Um, giving extra weight for the main event and co-main event, and this ranks slightly above average. So uh, I was, I think I was hating on it um, earlier on, but it, it's it's pretty solid fight card, and we have some of our favorite hashtag chunky guys uh, on it. So it should be a fun card to break down whenever I stop rambling and we actually get to it. Yeah,
0: I I think so. In, in like, there's a couple of two, couple of these fights, whether or not they are like big names or whether or not they're like super relevant in their division, the style matchup on uh, at least one that I have my eye on is going to be so intriguing.
1: Oh, well, there you go, guys. If that's not enough to, to get you through, <laughs> get you through this ad read, I'm going to do If you don't stick around after uh, this ad read for, for that little spoiler, um, that little uh, hint that Dan threw out there that I don't know uh, um, what, uh, what would keep you hanging on. So, Let's tell you about WinBet, as I'm tripping over my words here. WinBet is bringing you the action of real sports betting with the Win Las Vegas Experience. Get on all your favorite teams, players, and sports games. Journalist promos, odds, and parlays are happening right now at WinBet. Get started today, and you'll receive a special offer of the $500 risk-free sports bet. Terms and conditions apply. Get the details at wynnbet.com and download the app today. I think Dan's going to to take over because I'm having trouble speaking, so uh, it's going to be his podcast going forward and uh, I will be the associate host but <laughs> um, alright let's, let's start things Walter Waite uh, the man who's impossible to Google Christian Aguilera not Christine Aguilera I know what I typed in Google I typed in Christian Aguilera I do not want the pop star I want the knockout machine MMA artist okay um, he is fighting against the debuting Carlston Harris who has a bunch of other names too I believe uh, Mo I think is his, his nickname and he, I think he's got a middle name too He's got a cool name, regardless. So, Dan's um, supposed to jump in and tell me what it is, but he doesn't know it all, so apparently. So I'm going to have to look up. Carl, Carlston Lindsay, Moe um, is, is his name, um, Harris. So that's a pretty decent name. Uh, let's talk about the genie in the bottle first, Mr. Aguilera. He's 14-7 with 11 knockouts. He has been knocked out himself four times as a bro. He's 1-1 in the UFC. He won his debut and then got subbed his last fight. He's four years younger than they debut in Harris. He's at plus 135. As for Harris, 15-4, and four, four knockouts, four submissions. Like I said, this is his debut. He's coming in the UFC on the strength of three straight wins. He's three inches taller. He's at minus 137. I'm going to start things off with a bang, and I'm taking the knockout artist plus for plus money in this one in Aguilera. Yeah, and I'm going to side with you, too. I'm okay. going to go
0: with dog off the bat, too, with Aguilera. <laughs> Look, I looked a little bit up at Carlston Harris because, I'll be honest, Even as a regional guy, I hadn't really seen all that much of him. I know he fought in Brave, um, which is an organization I, I watch once in a while, but, but really not all that often because it's not super convenient to be able to watch. Um, you know, he fought in UAE Warriors, which sometimes you can catch and shooto Brazil, Arizona Fight Pass. But like, for most of what I've seen, the, the opponents he looks like he's fighting kind of lackluster and even more lackluster when it comes to, uh, defending takedowns and defending submissions. So, you know, like his wins, yeah, he, he's got some submission wins. He's got quite a few wins from the top game. He's got a bunch of Darius chokes. He counters wrestling really well. But I don't actually think he's going to get all that many opportunities to grapple with, with Christian Aguilera. Because he's not going to shoot, right? Like, Christian Aguilera is not going to shoot in this fight. He's going to try to turn this into something gritty, something nasty. And I think he's going to succeed. And if he does succeed in sort of sucking Carlston Harris into that fight, I think it's all him, right? Like, I think he's got to be the better striker, the the faster striker. You know, and I actually, you know, you you mentioned he's the shorter fighter in this one. I actually think that plays in pretty well when it comes to, to being the guy who's might have to be defending the takedown, right? He's got a lower center of gravity. He's a little bit stronger, um, all that kind of stuff. So, yeah, I'm taking Aguilera off the bat here. I will say I, I'd rather have some like good film on on Harris before I got too happy with a pick like this. Um, but I do like Aguilar in this one.
1: He uh, when looking at Harris, he does have some decent names on his on his resume. Uh, Michelle Pereira, he beat. Wellington Terman, he beat. So he, he has beaten um, UFC fighters. Um, these were all what, five, four or five years ago. So it's not like uh, the recent ones, but. Um, regardless of what we're going against him. Um, as an aside, how many how many promotions do you regularly watch? You just mentioned a bunch that, that huh. you catch sometimes or a bunch that you catch. How many do you regularly so, regularly watch? So, so we know what kind of maniac we're dealing with here, guys. I,
0: I would say regularly I watch uh, – well, 1FC when it's on a convenient way, even if it's tape delayed, I would say I regularly watch that. I regularly watch PFL. Anytime CES MMA is on, I don't miss those. CES MMA is really good. Um, usually because I love the local sense of it and I'm a Massachusetts boy, I don't miss the Cage Titans event. Cage Titans usually has some, like, really fun local Massachusetts guys. Um, so I would say I regularly watch those five. And then there's probably, like, five to 10. Oh, LFA, too. I always watch LFA. So six. Six that I regularly See? watch. <laughs>
1: PFL is actually on regular TV in Canada now, so I, I actually watched last week. It was very good. I, they, I enjoyed it. And they've um, got,
0: you know, not to, not to sort of, like, kick off of this UFC card. They've
1: got some sick <laughs>
0: fights this week, too. It's headlined yep. by Fabrizio Verdum versus uh, Henan Problema Ferreira, who I'm a big fan of. So uh,
1: And they have, yeah. And they got and Baby Usman.
0: They got Baby Usman.
1: Right, they do. They have Kamaru Usman's um, little brother, and they got Kayla Harrison, who's uh, always, like, watching... Um, because she smashes people. So, um, so there you go. So Dan watches way more than I do. Yet I'm hitting it at fifty-seven percent, and he's at what fifty-four, fifty-five. So just thought like, I'd throw that out there.
0: That's yeah, it, But who's, who's <laughs> ahead in the money lead, though?
1: Yeah, that's true. He's 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 doing less poorly than I am money wise. That's <laughs> so true. Very true. All right, let's move on to middleweights. Um, us dumb uh, North Americans call him Jun Young Park. Uh, um but he, uh, his name's really um, mixed around differently than that in his homeland of Korea. But regardless, we'll, we'll call him jong Park because we're dumb North Americans. He is fighting in a midway fight against Taefeng Nochukwi um, Park, 12-4, and four, with five knockouts, three submissions. He has lost twice, uh, so half of his losses are via submission. So that out there, he's not fighting someone who submits people, though, so that's probably uh, worthless info. Then I'm sticking in your eardrums. Um, he is 2-1 in the UFC. He lost his debut, and then he's reeled off, we'll say. He's reeled off two straight wins since then. Four inches of reach on Inchukui, uh grappling advantage in his favor. He's at plus 125. Nchukui, 5-0, four knockouts. He's 1-0 in the UFC, 1-0 on contender series. He's two inches taller, three years younger. He's a more active striker, but we're talking, yeah, well, he he's had a couple fights inside and knocked it on, so um Small sample size, are not not the smallest. He's at minus 137. Dan, are you going with the dog again, or are you taking the chalk here?
0: Uh, I'm going chalk here in Chukwe. Uh, you know, like, I actually think Jung Young Park is is pretty damn good. Um, I'm interested to see what he does moving forward, because not only does he have, you know, two UFC wins now, but he also has wins outside of the UFC against Ray Cooper, um, who's a, a PFL guy. Yay, let's just yes. uh, keep it going. Um, but really like,
1: very, very good PSL guy. Yeah, he's I
0: mean, he's outstanding. So, um, knocked out Jake Shields, uh, twice, maybe twice. Uh, so, you know, apart from that, uh, you know, his two wins in the UFC are against guys who I'm not super impressed in, right? John Phillips, um, maybe one of the worst at defending takedowns in the UFC in recent memory. Um, you know, since James Tony, maybe, um, Mark Henry Barrio, you know, was in the midst of a a four-fight losing streak when uh, he he entered that fight. So, like, we're talking about a pair of guys he's got wins over, both not particularly good at defending takedowns, and pretty much all he did was take him down and lay on him. He's up against one of the strongest men at middleweight in history. He's so big, he's so strong, and his power is incredible. You know, like, people talk about how William Knight... Is a guy who's super powerful, and he's so hard to knock out, and he's so hard to finish, and Chukui is the only guy to have done it! You know, like, Chukui is a beast. So, uh, yeah, I mean, like, th- there's a lot of reasons to like Jung Yong Park. I just don't think he's going to go in there and take Chukui down, and if he stands with him too long, I just don't see that going well.
1: Yeah, and Chikwe is my pick, also. Um, maybe a prop that via KO since he's such a monster. Perhaps I, I, we'll
0: I, I think yes, probably. Uh, I gotta definitely look at the number on that though, because last time out he did look a tad tentative. Um, but that yeah. could also just drive the number way up too. So um, maybe yep. we'll take it. We'll put the intern on that one.
1: All right, uh, let's go flyweights, Ryan Benoit or Benoit, uh, depending on how you want to say it, versus Zeruk Adashev. Um, I'm breaking down these guys. I'm like, why are these guys in the UFC still? Because there's the records are not pretty, especially uh, flyweight, where there's barely any fighters in the class to begin with. So, Adeshav, he's three and three as a pro, so he's extensive experience, obviously. Uh, two knockouts. He's 0-2 in the UFC. Before that, he won <clears throat> three straight in Bellator. He's three and 0 in Bellator. He's three years younger. He's at plus 128. Ben Wah, Benoit, 10 and seven, eight knockouts, one submission. So very rare finisher in the a lightweight class like flyweight. He's finished all of his wins, up one. Three and five in the UFC. He's lost his two straight. He's only won one of his last four. Uh, he's got three inches of reach striking and uh, active striking stats are in his favor. He's He throws more strikes and he lands more strikes and he's got Basically, all the striking stats are in his favor. That's what I'm saying. Grappling stats also in his favor. Minus 137. Uh, he is my pick to win this one.
0: Yeah, I'm going to take Benoit in here and this, on this one, too. Uh, I, I, look, it, you know, you mentioned he hasn't won very much lately. That's <clears> true. <throat> He's fought some really tough dudes in those last four fights. You know, like, it, the loss to Tim Elliott's tough. He, he lost a split to Haile Alatang. That was after coming off of a two-year layoff. He, he lost a split to Brandon Moreno. A split to Brandon Moreno. Um, you know, he knocked out Anthony, or, uh, sorry, not Anthony Pettis, Sergio Pettis. So like, this is a guy with good hands and a guy who's turned some fights really gritty, right? Like hanging in there with Tim Elliott, even for three rounds is a pretty good thing. Um, I actually think in this fight, you know, Adeshev is a guy who likes to stand and trade as well. So we're going to see a lot of kickboxing. Should that go wrong for Benat? Benoit, Benoit, whatever you want to call him. Uh, you got I, me I mean doing it, too. I'm pretty sure it's Benoit, to be honest. Uh, really? I, I don't, yeah, I don't think he, he does the Canadian thing. Maybe he's trying to distance himself from the uh, professional wrestler. I can see that. Um, but, Oh, yeah,
1: definitely. <laughs> um,
0: but, yeah, like, I just think if, if things go badly for him, he's got the wrestling to fall back on, and Adeshev does not. So, in that reason, you know, like, both of these guys haven't super impressed me on the feet, but... Benoit has got a longer, more extensive record, and has done it against better guys. And in addition to that, he's got a backup plan. So in a fight where I'm not all that confident about either of the guys, I think that's enough to make me lean to him.
1: There you go. And professional wrestling has organically been mentioned, what, three or four straight now? Yeah. well, I mean, uh, like, it,
0: it, That's where we're classified on iTunes in case you're looking exactly. for us in the charts. Make sure to check exactly. us out in the German professional wrestling chart.
1: <laughs> exactly. The Germans love us. The catch wrestling fans love us. All right. Before we go on, let me tell you about uh, our good friends over at Roman. Look, no one's perfect. Even the best baseball players strike out with the bases loaded. The best golfer sometimes three-pot with the tournament on the line. So if you feel like you come up short in the bedroom sometimes, it's perfectly okay. But if it's bothering you, there are options. Go to GetRoman.com slash SGP now. With Roman, you can get a free online evaluation and ongoing care for ED, all from the comfort and privacy of your home. A U.S. licensed healthcare professional will work with you to find the best treatment plan. If medication is appropriate, it ships to you free with two-day shipping. The whole process is straightforward and discreet. Getting started is simple. Just go to GetRoman.com slash SGP and complete an online visit. Take care of your ED without leaving home. Complete an online visit today to connect with the doctor and take care of it. So go to GetRoman.com slash SGP now to get $15 off your first month. Look, there's a straightforward way to take care of your ED. GetRoman.com slash SGP. Get started now and save $15 on your first month of treatment. Um, since I've read that ad, um, do you want to come clean now, Dan, and tell us the real reason why you're named Gumby?
0: <laughs> uh, ooh, that is a. See, there you go. You're back you to go, being back mean the- to me. There it is. <laughs> there you
1: go. No, uh, it's just a joke. A needy me joke. <laughs> <laughs> so you don't want to tell us? You you, you want to claim it's because of jujitsu stuff? It, it is Lugua? actually because I've got to be Go Go Plata. <laughs> all, right. all right. There you go. Go Go Plata has been mentioned on the podcast too. Ring an alarm. Um, all right. Let's move on from the bad jokes. Featherweight, Ludovic Klein. Is that how you say it? Ludovic? That's how I say it. <laughs> it's al, al apostrophe udit klein um versus michael trizano i just read a very good article on klein on mma dash manifesto today you may want to check out everybody may uh be tipping his cap as to who he's picking though uh let's go with mike trizano he's eight and one two knockouts two submissions two and one in the ufc he got subbed in his last fight so that was his first loss he'd won eight straight before then as a pro he was one and zero in bellator also uh that his loss was way back in May of 2019, so he's been on the shelf. Do you know, I think I heard on the prelim picker, he was, what, in, I know he was injured at one point. Was that the reason why he was out for two years? Um, I guess, you know? I,
0: I think he had a fight canceled once Okay. Um, due to an ankle injury, but before that, he had surgery on something that got repaired. Yeah. I'm trying to remember now, too, and I forgot what my co-host right. said. It doesn't matter,
1: <laughs> but but yeah, he's been up for a while, but... Since I've been tracking these stats for, for the what past two years, it's only uh, fighters who've been off a year or more are batting 500. So it's really made no difference. It's like 50/50 basically. So um, he is four inches taller than Klein. He has his grappling stats in his favor, and he's at plus 227. If you want to take him, Klein 17 and two with eight knockouts, eight submissions, one and only UFC. He won the knockout. Uh, it was. Crazy head kick, was it not? If I
0: yes, yeah, yes. very crazy. Yes, one on it was.
1: Young. There we go. Um, he's won eight straight fights. He's got an inch of reach. He's four years younger. He's two and a half times the, uh more active strike, active striker than Rosano. That's landing strikes. He lands two and a half times more strikes than Rosano, but we're basing that off of what one one fight in the UFC. Uh, he's at minus two forty. Um, big number, but I'll be I'll be taking him.
0: Yeah, I'm gonna take Klein as well, and I feel pretty good about it because uh, let's face it, he definitely has a striking advantage over man a, a lot of a lot of featherweights out there. Now, obviously, there's some really talented strikers at the top of the division with people like you know Chikadze and and Cater and Holloway and and I mean even Volkanovski, right? But like as far as where he stands currently at the featherweight division, there's not a lot of guys outside of the top 15, 20, 25 that are really going to challenge him with striking. His striking is really special. And Trezano is a guy who who probably will have a wrestling advantage, and I actually think his wrestling's pretty good. But he uses it mostly in, like, a sprawling brawl type style, right? Like, he'd much rather use his wrestling to keep it on the feet so he could strike. You know, you saw him do that against Luis Pena. You saw him do that against Joe Giannetti. Um, so, like, I don't really expect him to be offensive with the wrestling here, Granted, I don't know how Klein is defensive wrestling-wise because there's, there's really just not, like, a lot of people have tried to take him down. They've all stupidly tried to strike with him. Um, so, you know, it'd be interesting to see if that happens. I just think with Trezano not having shot many takedowns in his last few fights, I, I don't think that that's a real path to victory for him. So I'm going to go with a much sharper striker here in Klein.
1: All right. Yep. Usually, if in doubt, I uh, one of my rules is, Take the striker and that's what we'll be doing here So we have not differed yet Let's we'll see if we differ here um, I don't think we're going to because Dan always picks against this guy uh, That would be little. <laughs> Phil Haas and, You're uh, right he's always, he, he's always winning though <laughs> He's always winning when Dan picks against him So uh, Phil Haas versus Kyle docus One of the famous docus brothers This would be the lighter weight of the two um, So let's break down the Often overlooked Phil Haas At least in this uh, this podcast He's 10-2, 7 knockouts, 2 submissions Two and zero in the UFC, one uh, one on the Contender Series before the UFC. He's won six straight fights. He's also was one zero in Bellator and one zero in the World Series of Fighting. He's got an inch of reach. He's at plus one twenty five. Uh, Dawkins ten and one, eight submission victories on his resume. He's never been finished in a fight. So he lost one via decision. He's one one in the UFC, which is where that the uh, the decision loss came. Uh, he did win his last fight. Lost his debut, won his last fight. He won. He's way in on the Contender Series. He's one and in there. Three inches taller, four years younger, striking and active striking stats in his favor, grappling stats in his favor. He's at minus one thirty-seven. I'm going to pick against Hawes also, and uh, probably be wrong because I think you're going against him too.
0: Yeah, I'm going to go against him as well. Uh, I will say you're right. He has proven me wrong twice. Um, you know, the first one, the the, the win over Melkin, which, which by the way aged incredibly well because Melkin looks like a killer now. Um, that that you just can't you know get off you once he starts taking you down. I think if you ran that back, I think I'd pick Malkin again. I- I'm dead serious. Like I-, I think Malkin, as long as he doesn't eat that punch 18 seconds in, I-, I think he outgrapples him and tires him out. And you know that that's kind of been my knock on Hoz the whole time is is that I'm I don't really believe in his gas tank. Um, so for me, it's really he's got to knock the guy out or he loses. And yeah, he did win a decision last time against Nassaradine Imovov, who also kind of tired and. Not for anything. I know not a lot of people agree with me. I do think Iimovov won that decision. I gave him two out of the three rounds. So um, while the judges gave it to Haas, and you know quite a few people on MMA decisions gave it to Haas, uh, I do think Imavov has a has a real argument there for for having won that fight. So with that being said, he's fighting Dawkins, a guy who's very durable, a guy who's not easy to finish, a guy who Brendan Allen took down and couldn't finish because Brendan Allen you know, a phenomenal jujitsu practitioner, couldn't finish in his own right, never been finished for that matter, right, so, like, I just see Phil Haas is going to have to go into deep waters with a guy who can literally sub you at any moment, right, like, he's, it's not like he's just one of those guys who, like, can sub people early on and then gets tired and he's got nothing left, he's got subs in every round, he's got Dar's chokes in every round, it's like, not even just subs, he's got darius chokes in every round, so, like, I just think has frustrates him enough, tires him out enough so that, hey, maybe one desperation shot from Phil Hawes and we get a submission here.
1: All right, so fool me once, fool me twice. I know I don't know what fool me three times is, but maybe we'll, Phil Hawes will fool you three times and then we'll have to come up with an expression there, Dan. Um, I'm going to
0: have to start picking him if he wins. <laughs>
1: <laughs> I, I think you'll be obligated, Yes. All right, uh, brings us to the main event, and let me check my records. Yes, um, according to my scouting report here, both these guys are hashtag chunky guys. (laughs) (laughs) Um, I tickle myself that I actually put this on my uh, scouting spreadsheet that I uh, have breakdowns for each person, and I have chunky listed under both men. Um, And this is a fight that was scheduled, what, a few months back, and then it was – did we ever break it down? Yeah, we did break it down on the the program because we picked different people. We'll see if that's – still a case. Oh, this man, would be I don't a heavyweight. Even remember <laughs> who I
0: picked in this oh, Okay, point. good. This is going to be interesting.
1: <laughs> I, I won't tip my hand then. Uh, this is a heavyweight belt between Ben Rothwell and Felipe Linz. Uh, they were supposed to fight Edwards versus Muhammad. So that was, what, March 13th. So it was a few months ago. And then Rothwell got hurt. So they are fighting here in the main event of the prelims. Um, we'll break down Linz first. Uh, this one's very close on the. It's basically a pick'em on on the board. Currently, uh, Linz 14-5 with eight knockouts and four submissions. He's been knocked out four times himself. He's lost both of his UFC fights. Uh, before that, he's 4-0 in the PFL, three and three in Bellator. Four years younger than Rothwell. He's at minus 102. And yes, indeed, it says he's chunky uh, here. Um, Rothwell 38-13, 28 knockouts, six submissions. He debuted January of 2001, so he's been around a while. He's eight and seven in the UFC. He's only he lost his last fight, and he's only won two of his last six fights. Uh, two inches taller, he'll be. According to the previous fight's weigh-ins, he'll, he could be up to at least 30 pounds heavier than Lins. At, at least on weigh-in day, maybe even heavier when they actually get to the fight. Um, he's a chunky guy also, as a matter of fact uh, he's the, has the grappling stats in his favor He's also the more active striker He's at minus 105 Despite all that, I picked Linz I guess i got to stick with who I picked originally uh, I think I picked him just because I think Rothwell's done for But uh, I guess I'll stick with Linz Even though a lot, of the, a lot of the stats are pointing towards Rothwell here I think I'm going to pick Linz, too, but, but what oh, you're telling you me is, did I originally
0: pick Rothwell?
1: Uh, you did. Man,
0: you know, it, I th- I think the change here for me is that, you know, so Linz didn't look good against Tanner Boser or no. Andre Arlovsky, right? Like, he's been in the UFC for only two fights, and he's looked miserable.
1: Um, That's two po- tough, tough fights, so, though, to be fair.
0: Yeah, and, and here's the thing about those two fights, too. It's not just that those are two tough opponents, right? Mm-hmm. Because, you know, you're going to fight tough opponents if you're coming from a million-dollar paycheck in PFL. But, like, I, I think in addition to that, too, is there two guys who aren't afraid to just, like, dance around and point fight you? And Rothwell's not that, right? Like, Rothwell's not going to outwork you in a smart way. Uh, Rothwell's going to make it ugly and probably kick you in the nutsack seven times, right? Like, that, that's how Ben Rothwell fights is, is it gets gritty, it gets nasty. And I actually think that favors Linz. Like, I think Linz needs to be drawn into that type of fight again, like the type of fight he was with Josh Copeland and PFL and things like that. And if he gets drawn into that type of fight, I actually think it favors him pretty heavily. So I'm going to spurn whenever I pick this uh, before, and I'm going to go with you and and Felipe wins.
1: All right, so that's a clean sweep on the prelims. We're all the same. It's going to be boring watching this, but that probably means we're right uh, for so so certain. Um, Yeah, I I failed to mention, Linz was the winner of the PFL 2018 heavyweight tournament, and he was... Expected to try to uh, defend it, but then he got hurt the the second season, and now he's in the UFC. So making a lot less than a million dollars, I can promise you that. So that concludes the prelims. Uh, I failed to mention off the get-go, but this will be on ESPN+. And the prelims start at 5 o'clock. Then the main card will move over to the big ESPN, ESPN and ESPN Plus, and that will be 8 o'clock. So on the East Coast, uh, the best coast, um, and I appreciate the earlier start times. It's good. We don't have to stay up all night because we're old men and we have a podcast to record the next day for crying out loud. So all right, um, so that is the prelims. Let me hit you up with our last two sponsors, and then we'll rip through the main card, our trademark commercial-free main card. Uh, Let's tell you about Underdog Fantasy, one of our new sponsors first of all. If you haven't played on Underdog Fantasy you have to check out their Fantasy Best Ball tournaments because they're some of the best around, including their Best Ball Mania 2 tournament where you can win a million dollars. See, I need the um, Post-production guy, I need him to sweeten that so it echoes when I say a million. A million dollars, <laughs> dollars, 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 dollars. Plus, you can play a number of games involving parlay and player props for Major League Baseball, the NBA, and more. They do need to add UFC. I, I if, Are you listening to Underdog Fantasy? Add UFC on there. Um, and even MMA, if you if you prefer. Um, they also have very special NBA playoffs, best ball tournament coming up as well. Because the playoffs start in two weeks in the NBA about that? Um, so go to underdogfantasy.com and use promo code, you guessed it, SGPN. Don't forget to enter the Best Ball Mania 2 tournament for your chance to win a million dollars. Dollars, dollars, dollars. That's underdogfantasy.com, promo code SGPN. And we'll tell you about Better Vegas, which I mentioned earlier. That's where the bombshell of me shaving um, went off last Saturday. And it, like I said, it's still reverberating throughout the, uh, the Gen uh, Internet. Uh, Better Vegas, it's like YouTube – but for what hashtag the Gens only care about, which is sports betting and beards. We're giving away free daily video picks over on our Better Than Vegas profile page, us being Sports Gambling Podcast, of course. Better Than Vegas is always running a ton of free contests as well, and they have a bunch of free picks and handicappers to check out. So make sure you subscribe to our profile so you don't miss a pick, sportsgamblingpodcast.com slash BTV, sportsgamblingpodcast.com slash BTV, and uh, fine, uh, subscribe to Top Turtle, too, while you're there. You can see Dan. All right. Now let's do this. Main card, ESPN, ESPN Plus, like I said, 8 p.m. We'll start with women's strawweight, a fight I am looking forward to. Amanda Hibas, the cutest little fighter in the UFC, versus Angela Hill, um, one of the most popular fighters and most active fighters in the UFC. Uh, Hill, 13 and 9 with five knockouts. Uh, She's 8 and 9 in the UFC, split over two different runs. Um, She won her last fight which was her only win in her last three, but basically she fights every week, so um, that's basically three weeks' worth of uh, fights there, pretty much. 4-0 uh, in Invicta before, or in between, actually, the two stints in the UFC. Uh, she was in the tough house, where she went 0-1, and, and she's a more active striker of the two, and she's at plus 160. Uh, Hibas, 10-2, and two, with three knockouts, four submissions. She's been knocked out twice. Uh, including being TKO'd in her last fight. Uh, before that, she's ripped off four straight wins, so she's 4-1 in the UFC. She's got two inches of reach. She's eight years younger. She is a grappling whiz, so the grappling stats are in her favor. She's a jujitsu whiz. She's at minus 172. We'll let Dan take first picker.
0: I- I'm going to take K-Boss. Um, you know, I actually think, look, the, the best part about Angela Hill and, and the thing that has gotten her as far as she has is, not a particular skill set as much as it is her strength and will and determination and her ability to put somebody against the cage and just kind of grit out a decision, and, and that's not to say that her striking isn't good, but I think when her striking is going badly or you know the grappling isn't working out the way she wants to, she has that strength to fall back on, and I don't think she has that to fall back on against Keybus. Um, I think he is probably actually one of the few people who can manhandle her and, and can throw her around. I, I think her striking is not only a little bit better than Angela Hills. I think it's a lot better than Angela Hills. And I think the odds of this fight are only as close because Marina Rodriguez went out there and put it on Amanda Hebos. And, and I know that that's, you know, that's a thing that happened, but at the same time, like, you know, there's a reason Marina Rodriguez is fighting in the main event too. And it's not just because she beat Hebos; It's because she's a beast on the feet. So, um, I, I like Kibason a a lot in this one. I, I think the striking holds up well enough and, and I think, you know, should uh, you know Hill try to clinch up here, I think it's gonna end badly for her there too.
1: So we're guaranteeing a super hyper bubbly post fight interview then? I, Wait,
0: I I hope so. Her interviews <laughs> are pretty hilarious. Um They are. I, I don't I don't know. She's pretty much the the polar opposite of Marvin Vittori in that <laughs> yes. I can't quite put my finger on it, but uh, there's something that is funny about her inherently, and it, like you can't just say like, oh, she's funny because she has like funny catchphrases, or she's funny because she, you know, you know that's why people find Derek Lewis funny, right? Like he's got funny catchphrases. She's yeah. not. She's not funny for any reason. The same reason I I feel like Marvin Vittori is disliked and angry for no reason.
1: <laughs> yep, she is the opposite. Opposite of a uh, angry boy, definitely in both senses of that word. So, all right, move on. Lightweights. Carlos Diego Ferreira, which he I believe he's just going by Diego Ferreira in most places I see. Now he will be fighting Gregor Gillespie, who is finally coming back. Uh, Gillespie was supposed to fight in March uh, against Brad Berdahl, but uh, COVID protocol he's put that fight on the sidelines um, last minute. So he's finally. Getting Beating a fight um, because he's been out for a while. Uh, I'll tell you about Ferreira first 17 and 3 with three knockouts, seven submissions. He's 8 and 3 in the UFC. Had a very successful run thus far. Uh, He lost his last fight, but before that he won six straight uh, straight fights. So he was 6 and 1 over his last seven, that would be according to my math. Uh, He's 2 inches taller. He's got 3 inches of reach. More active striker of the two. He's at plus 158. Uh, Gillespie, 13 and 1. Six knockouts, five submissions. He's 6-1 and in the UFC, but that one in his record came in his last fight where he got knocked out by Kevin Lee. That was November 2019, though. I think he's probably been off fishing uh, since that time. That seems to be what he prefers to do rather than fight. Uh, He's a year younger, striking and grappling stats in his favor, minus 172. I think Dan and I are going to probably be the same again here because I'm taking Gillespie. Are you taking Gillespie as well?
0: Yeah, I think... Oh, my goodness. I think this is a really easy one, too. Um yep. You know, not to, to tip my hand for maybe one of our segments later, but I, I, oh, think, no. I think this one's so painfully obvious. Look, look, I love Carlos Diego Fajada, too, and I think... He probably got slighted in, in having to fight some of the people he had to and not moving further up the rankings at a certain point. But, like, this is an awful stylistic matchup. He just got yeah. done losing a decision. Was it a decision to, to Benil Dariush? Yeah, it was a decision yeah. to Benil Dariush. Yeah, it was. And, like, he, he got took down, taken down a bunch of times in that fight, right? And not that Benil Dariush isn't a good grappler. But he is one-eighth of the wrestler, maybe one-tenth of the wrestler Gregor Gillespie is. Gregor Gillespie might be, now that Habib is out of the division, the best wrestler at lightweight. So you're you're telling me a guy just got done having a tough time with some wrestling, and you put him in there with the best wrestler. So, I mean, like, what's the path to victory here for Fajeda? Stun him on the feet before he gets you down, which doesn't usually take all that long because Gillespie knows what he's good at or sub them, and and really Gillespie's submission offense is even good, so, yeah, I I mean, I just don't think there's a good path to victory here for Pejeda, and I I think Gillespie on top is just a nightmare.
1: No doubt, and it's is a good matchup for Gillespie coming off a... Well, he's had plenty of time uh, to heal up since being knocked out like two years ago almost. Um, but he's a funny guy who doesn't knock people out. Like three knockouts in 20 fights. <laughs> Nothing to worry about. So um, we are the same once again. Let's see if we are the same here with this heavyweight fight. And let me check my records. Uh, yes, indeed. This is a hashtag chunky guy fight as well. <laughs> um, we're getting spoiled this week. Um, four chunky guys on the card. Um, we love it. All right, This talk uh we're also we're obviously talking about marcos rogerio de Lima versus Maurice green um green nine and five with two knockouts five submissions he's four and three in the UFC lost his last fight he's one in three over his last four um his last win however or his only win among those four was via submission uh it's up into mention once I break down de Lima's info uh he's six inches taller five inches of reach one year younger he's more active striker plus 170. Uh, DeLima or Rogerio. Is it, I guess you would say Rogerio DeLima, right? Because Marcos would be the first name. So Rogerio DeLima, 17-7-1, um, seven, 12 knockouts, three submissions. He has five submission losses on his record. So there you go. That's what I was hinting at. Um, he's 6 about in the UFC. He's, I heard on, on the really good, good Prelim picker podcast, um, I guess you guys thought this may have been a Prelim fight, which normally it would be. Uh, he's what swapped wins and losses all the way back to... Twenty fourteen it looks like? Yeah. Wild. <laughs> yeah. So wins and losses all the way back to twenty fourteen. And he lost his last fight. So are, am I gonna go against the grain or not? Let's see. Um Yes, he lost the last fight. He's only won one of his last three. His last five losses are via submission. So all five of those sub losses have come um within the past, what, ten fights I guess if you swap him fights but wins the losses back and forth. He was 0 only one in Strikeforce before this. He was in the tough Brazil uh, house. He was 2-1 there. Striking and grappling stats in his favor. He's a minus 170, and indeed it says here he's a chunky guy. Um, I'm going against a lot of the stats. I'm going to go for some plus money here. I think Green can beat him. Um, probably beat him via submission if you want to get even better than plus 170 on it.
0: Yeah, and I'm going to do the same thing. I'm
1: going to take oh Green here.
0: Yeah, not, not going to differ from you because, look – the, the, Lima, you're right. He's, he's losing by submission. Granted, there are some really good submission artists in there, right? Like losing to Stefan Struve and Alexander Romanoff. You know, like, the, those are guys who can submit you. Or, you know, getting Von Flu choked by OSP. That's something that happens. But there's some sketchy ones on there, too. Like getting guillotined by Gatamurazad and Tigolov, who is not great. Um, and you know, like, so, and, and that mostly just came from just like, you know, shooting a lazy takedown with his head on the outside and getting choked out, you know, and so, uh, uh, yeah, I, I'm not real big on DeLima, I, I think DeLima makes a lot of mistakes in there, and, you know, the, the other thing, too, that you can kind of expect in this fight is DeLima might get peppered from the outside and frustrated, you know, he's given up six inches of height in a lot of reach, so, like, you know, yep. at, at, at the end of the day, you know, uh, Green may give him trouble on the feet and watch him shoot a lazy takedown or a bad takedown to try to get away from the hands of Green, and that's just a nightmare idea, but that's kind of what I think is going to happen with DeLima, who I don't really see as having very high fight IQ.
1: Yep, we are a green once again. This is getting scary. Well, I'm we're not... only
0: down to three fights, man. We I know. I'm, I'm nice. Here.
1: I'm nice to you, and we're agreeing with each other. Something is going on here. Um, okay, let's move. Watch away. This is the battle for whether Neil is a better – as a first name or a last name. Uh, Neil Magny versus Jeff Neil. We will see who is the best Neil and whether it's better surname or forename name or first name or whatever we want to say. Um, Neil Magny. Let's break down the veteran first. 24 and 24-8 with seven knockouts, three submissions. He's lost four times via submission, so half his losses are via submission. Uh, Neil's not much of a submission artist though. Uh, he's 17 and 7 in the UFC. He's been around forever. He lost his last fight, but before that, he won three straight. He's four inches taller, five inches of reach, so he's always seems to be the bigger man or the longer man at least in welterweight. He's at plus 164. Jeff Neal, 13 and 3 with eight knockouts, two submissions. He's five and one in the UFC. He had won his first five and then lost his last fight. He was 1 and 0 on the contender series. Three years younger. He's got the striking stats and active striking stats in his favor. Minus 181. Let's see if we differ here. I'm gonna take Neil as in Jeff Neal. <laughs> Jeff Neal.
0: I am also gonna take Jeff Neal. Oh, yeah, no. yeah. Look, <laughs> I, I've been really high on Jeff Neal since he came to the UFC. Um loved him in on contender series. You know, I really think there there's a lot of potential in what he can do. And and the only reason you know, he's back down to fighting guys like Neil Magny, is he had a tough time with freaking Wonderboy. And who wouldn't have a tough time with Wonder Boy? That guy's style is impossible to figure out. So, yeah, he got picked apart from the outside by Wonderboy. But, like, Neil Magny, while tall, while long, while lanky, is not really the type of guy who's, like, hard to get on the inside of or hard to land your strikes on. So I kind of just expect, you know, Jeff Neal here – to be, you know, chucking off takedown attempts from Magny when Magny's, you know, trying them, and landing at will with the strikes because he is a much better striker here than Neil Magny. So, um, yeah, I'm going to go with Jeff Neal, and I'm going to go with Jeff Neil fairly comfortably in this one too.
1: It's amazing how smart Dan is this week. He's really, <laughs> really uh, improved his his picking ability. Uh, let's, let's go to another welterweight fight. This one was just made a few days ago. Uh, Donald Cowboy Cerrone, the perennial fan favorite, versus Alex Morono. Morono just took this fight after Diego Sanchez got fired or cut, I think they they call it. So that was what. When did Morano take the fight? Let's see here. He took the fight on the third of of May, and this fight is taking place on the eighth. So not much, um, not much time to get prepared here. Uh, late replacements, if you believe in the numbers of when you won thirty five percent of the time. So. He, Take that into account as I read off the info here. Morano, 18 and 7 with one no contest, five knockouts, six submissions. In the UFC, he's 7 and 4 with one no contest. Lost his last fight. He's only won one of his last three. He's seven years younger than the Cowboy. He also has striking in the active striking stats in his favor. He's at plus 118. As for Cowboy, 36 and 15 with two no contests, 10 knockouts, 17 submissions. He's lost seven times via knockout. Uh, he's twenty-three and twelve with one no contest in the UFC, which is insane. Because um, before that, he was six and three with one no contest in WEC Never Die. Um, he, his last fight was a no contest. I believe he lost it before it got overturned to a no contest. Draw. Oh, it was a draw, draw right? before okay. it was a no contest. Right. Yeah. Uh, he's he lost four straight before that, so it's been a while since he's won a fight. Uh, he's two inches taller. He has one inch of reach. Grappling stats in his favor. Minus 127. Uh, I'm going to go against my late replacement um, data, and I'm going to take the plus money in Alex Morano. And let's see if Dan's going to agree or uh, not. I'm
0: going to agree again.
1: Uh. Oh, my. I, 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 I kind of like this though. This is good. I think we got a clean sweep too because uh, of, we do I, have a if, clean sweep. Yeah,
0: if, if you if you disagree with me with with me in the main event, we're gonna have some words. So.
1: <laughs> you're gonna uh, win if if that's the case. So.
0: Yeah, that's that's very true. So, uh, yeah, no, Alex Morono in this one is interesting for me because you know I actually picked him to beat Anthony Pettis when they fought that fight, and I did it because Morono has good wrestling. He does all right on the inside. And, and he's when he does scrap and he, he gets into kind of messy fights like he did with Max uh, Griffin, he looks good doing it. He beat Max Griffin, so he's got a fair amount of power. And, you know, he's way bigger than, than Cerrone. While Cerrone is going to be the taller man, you know, he, he's not going to be the bigger man, right? Like, Morono isn't actually 170-er, and Cowboy can make 55. You know, maybe not super easy, but he can make 55. So... Uh, I thought Morano was gonna be able to grapple up Pettis, and Pettis's footwork was just a little bit too much. Cerrone doesn't have that that footwork, right? Cerrone doesn't have that pick him apart from the outside and don't make it messy kind of deal. He makes it messy. He gets inside. He he gets silly, and like I think that that's gonna serve him. Really terribly, because I think ultimately he's going to get taken down. Morono is going to get enough done on the ground to at least win a decision here. And, and I'm not going to say he's going to finish Cowboy, because it's not easy to finish Cowboy, and only the best of the best are doing that. But it really wouldn't surprise me if, like, the ground and pound got to be too much, because he's very heavy on top.
1: Yeah, and Cowboy is getting much easier to finish, too. Um, Nowadays than he was back in the WEC early UFC uh, days, um, his prime. Have you heard anything about Morano's preparation heading into this? I know he runs his own gym, so he's probably active. And I know he's a Fortis MMA guy, so I'm sure he's he's obviously well coached. But have you heard anything? Whether like he was already preparing for a fight or, or anything? I haven't heard of anything. So, so I would stuff. I
0: would say that those Fortis MMA guys are always preparing for a fight, yeah. even if they don't have one. Like that that's kind of just save sods mentality. But also, yeah. I will say too. You've got two guys on the main card alone who fight out of Fortis MMA and, and Carlos Diego Fajeda and Jeff Neal. So, yep. like, he he was probably in their fight camps already, Um, you know, being only one weight class bigger than, than uh, Carlos Diego Fajeda and being the same weight class as Jeff Neal. You've got yep. to imagine he's one. And Jeff Neal is going to, up against Neil Magni, a guy who's probably going to try to wrestle him up and use some jiu-jitsu, yep. Like you, you've got to imagine he's the number one, right? Like he's he's one of the big training right. partners for Jeff Neal in that fight. So I'm imagining that's why he got the fight. That he was ready. He was on weight. He, you know, he, this is just a fight that happened. Um, so I, I don't have any like insider intel, but like the signs point to he he should probably be ready in this fight.
1: Okay, so no, I feel uh, I feel safer with my with my pick. So excellent. All right, let's let's make it a. Uh... Clean twelve for twelve. Um, we'll break down the main event now. Marina um, Rodriguez versus Michelle Waterson, who Dan for some reason hates. Um, he threw <laughs> a lot of hate a lot of hate her way. I think think he's the only person in the world. who has a problem with Michelle Waterson because she seems very very nice and sweet. And, but regardless, Dan doesn't like nice things apparently. So. Um, and now he's going to pick against her, and he wants her to get beat up really bad, I think, was was the I do, uh, paraphrasing. I do, want, but I, <laughs> I do want that, but let me,
0: let me clarify to people who think I'm, like, the most terrible human being. Once uh, in a while, out there, there are fighters who who the masses love. And I think maybe they're not as good as, as the masses think they are. And I just want them to get pounded. Uh, you know, Sage Northcutt. Fit this mold, um, you know. Paige Van Zant fit this mold. Like people, people just wanted them to be bigger than they were, and I just wanted to see him get punched in the head really hard. Uh, and Michelle Watterson kind of falls in that for me.
1: Yeah, I don't think you did yourself uh, any any favors with that either. Did yeah, I pick two you other people who are well liked? <laughs> he, he wants to he wants her to get pounded in the head really hard. Okay. Um, <laughs> She's a very nice lady, it seems, and a good mother. But okay, all right, if you you say so. Um, Watterson, she's 18 and 8. She's got three knockouts and nine submissions uh, victories. She's lost three times via submission herself. I don't see that happening here, though. Um, She's six and four in the UFC. She won her last fight, lost two straight before then. She was 3-1 in a where she was the atomweight champion, which is, uh, seems mostly her issue in the UFC is she's under, undersized for the strawweight division. She's more of an atomweight. Weight. It seems every episode we're, we're uh, angling, uh, or petitioning the UFC for atom Weight class, but, uh, if they like Michelle Watterson, they should actually get one. Um, and she was 1-0 one in one strike force before this also. Uh, grappling stats in her favor, plus 186. Uh, Rodriguez, 13-1-2 with six knockouts, one submission. She's never been finished in a fight. Uh, she's 3-1-2 in the UFC. It's crazy that she has two draws on her record, but she does uh, in just, what, six fights? She won via TKO her last fight, which we just, Dan just mentioned earlier. Amanda Heba. she beat up, which isn't very nice of her to do. Um, she's with one knowing Dana White Contender Series. She's three inches taller, three inches of reach, one year younger, striking and active striking in her favor. Minus 200. Let's put a ball in it. Dan and I both are picking her also.
0: Yeah, I I think Marina Rodriguez in this one is a very easy pick for, for so many reasons. Number one, I mentioned that striking. While, while people love the striking of Michelle Watterson, R- Rodriguez is just as good and as sharp in her striking and definitely hits harder. You know, like you, you go back and think about that, that Dustin Poirier versus Max Holloway fight. You're like, oh, those are two guys who land with a ton of volume. And the difference in that fight was just one hits like a ton of bricks and one hits like a Bag full of soap and like yeah the both of those hurt but one of them hurts a lot more um and really that's Marina Rodriguez in this one she's just going to be the Dustin Poirier to the Max Holloway here in that she's going to absolutely punish Michelle Waterson for trading with her. In addition to that too you know like who's given Marina Rodriguez problems in the past people who can grapple um, and not that Michelle Waterson can't grapple but she's not like a wrestler and in addition so she's not gonna be able to get it there. And in addition to that, this fight is taking place at flyweight because it's happening on short notice. And you just mentioned Watterson used to fight two weight classes lower than that. Right. Yeah.
1: I didn't even clue in here. Yeah. yeah, Flyweight, not, not strawweight. Yeah. Yeah. (laughs) And and
0: Rodriguez is a big strawweight. So now we're taking Rodriguez and saying, Hey Rodriguez, you don't have to cut weight. And now she's fighting an atom weight, you know, like she gets to fight at her natural weight against an atom weight. Like, And granted, she probably still will have to cut quite a bit of weight, too, because, like, even making flyweight for her is going to be a task. But, like, that not having to cut that last 10 pounds for her, I think it's going to be huge. And, and, you know, yeah, Watterson doesn't have to cut the last 10 pounds either, but she used to cut 20 more than that. So, you know, how much is it really saving her? I think less than it's saving Rodriguez here. So I expect to see Rodriguez look fresher, maybe better, and I think just the striking is going to be, and the power in the striking is going to be too much here for Watterson.
1: Yeah, the size and the power I think is going to be the difference here. The difference between, like you said, they're both strikers, or, or Waterson pretends to be a striker, even though half of her wins are via submission. But difference being, Waterson's has three knockouts and 18 wins, and, and Rodriguez basically half of her wins are via knockouts, six out of 13. So there is a big power, power discrepancy, as Dan said. Um, do you think we're going to get a finish here? I, I I could see Rodriguez pounding her out, like, um, ground and pounding her out after she knocks her down.
0: Yeah, I, I definitely think that that's a real possibility, just mostly because it's five rounds. Um, right. I mean, Amanda Hibas didn't make it that long with, with Rodriguez. Yeah. Like, Rodriguez hits hard. um, And like you said, you know, changing the weight classes and, and letting her have her full strength is just going to make that more dangerous. So... Yeah, I, I definitely wouldn't be surprised to see a finish here. Um, You know, w- Watterson's tough, but, but yeah, like, not impossible to finish.
1: Yeah, no, no, she's very, very tough, tough but she seems to wear it also, though. Um, was this just recently, like, announced that it was going to be flyweight? I, was it originally expected? I guess it, the fight was only recently announced, but I was everyone just assuming it was going to be strawweight? I'm pretty sure when I did the fight card yesterday or whatever, I thought it was listed as strawberry at that point. Do you know or not?
0: Yeah, I have no idea what was originally planned. Uh, I just know when I saw the UFC posted that graphic that said, uh you know, main event, it said flyweight main event, and I was like, ooh, that's even worse for yeah.
1: her. <laughs> it's, hey, better for, yeah, I, I had to listen to strawweight, so I think it must have been a strawweight um, earlier in the week at least before it was officially announced. So that is interesting. I think I'm still going to leave both ladies with strawweights. I think that's where they're going to end up. I think it's just a one-off. Oh, uh, for sure, for sure. Yeah. one
0: of those situations where they needed somebody on short notice and the only way right. they could entice them was not cutting weight.
1: Yeah. Plus, I just saw uh, Highland that Rodriguez got herself a new contract too, which is which is nice. So uh, that's, a, that's another good thing to to entice someone to take a fight. So, all right. Um, so we're thinking that one may uh we may have a TKO finish there for Rodriguez, or even a knockout uh, for that for that matter. Um any other props that you like that we haven't mentioned yet?
0: Um. So we didn't mention it before, but I had to put the intern on it because uh, it, it was, you know, a number that uh, I couldn't find. And Granite, uh, you were getting very different numbers on which book you find it on. But Kyle Dawkins by submission, you, you can find it as as high as like plus three hundred and as low as like plus one fifty. So look around Ooh. in your books because if it, it is closer to that higher number, Kyle Dawkins uh, winning by submission seems like a pretty nice prop in there um, against Phil Haas because like I said, if he tires Phil Hawes out and is able to submit him, uh I, I think that that's probably one of the more likely possibilities in that fight. So yeah, I, I like that one uh if you can get it in the like plus two thirty or up range um you know i I also think uh like like I said before, Gregor Gillespie's going to win that fight. Um, and I think right. there, there's probably a lot of fun props based on how you think that's going to go, but Gregor Gillespie by submission, here's here's a real D-Gen play for you right here. So Gregor Gillespie's got quite a few submissions on his record, right? Uh, five, yeah. Five. So, like, he's not bad at submissions. He's got a good head and arm choke. He wears you out. He's got a good rear naked choke. It's betting off at plus 1,200. Oh, my God. So, like, again, we we tell you don't go out there and bet those like absolutely ridiculous numbers. And here I am telling you, if you're a real d you're gonna throw well, a couple bucks. You are. Bucks. You're, you're gonna throw a couple bucks on on Gregory Gillespie uh, at plus twelve hundred because that's a crazy number.
1: Plus, I, I like when you say things like that because then I can use that in the, uh, the pro- <laughs> promotion for, for the for the podcast. So we'll say we have a plus twelve hundred uh, dog for you here. Um should be noted that uh, CDF has never been submitted as a pro, and he is a jiu-jitsu uh, champion. Um, Third-degree
0: black belt, too. Yes. Um, but, but mostly, And
1: very well coached. So well, which is why the
0: number is crazy like that. But yeah. what I will say is, is I think the value is there, not because I think CDF is going to make a mistake against Gregor Gillespie, but I think Gillespie has a way of just sapping all of your energy, too. Um, right. And it, it wouldn't surprise me if he subbed him late in the third.
1: Right. Yeah. No. We're what we're thinking. He's the wrestling is going to overpower the jujitsu, and and he's just you know going to wear him out or pound him out, and then end up submitting that type of thing. You know, it's it's worth it for for to splash a bit of money on plus twelve hundred. You can't lose with that, right? Well, you can lose, but you're not going to because Dan said about it. So there you go. Um, all right. I think you have first pick this week for the locks. Um, where is our results? I'm seven one up forty three percent. Return on investment on my locks. Dan is four, scrapped back to four and four. He's still down 18%. So you got first pick this week. Who Who is your lock pick?
0: I'm going to say I don't have very many lock picks this week. It's a really difficult card to find locks. Um, but I'll go Gregor Gillespie. Um, okay. You know, I just said I thought he was going to win, and I like the prop, but if I'm going to take a straight-up lock to negative 172, I think you said we were getting him at. Yeah. Um. Yeah. yeah, I'll take Gregor Gillespie at negative 172.
1: All right, I'll take Marina Rodriguez, minus 200. Uh, not a huge number, but that's fine. I'm up money, and I want to get up a little bit more, so uh, I think that's one of the most sure that, things. That, that, was my, that, that, was
0: definitely, that was my second pick. You no, know, those, I don't those see are any, picks. 1A and 1B right there.
1: Do you see any – we didn't say that. Do you see any path to victory for Watterson here? Not that Watterson's a horrible fighter. She's a former champion, and and she's a very good and scrappy fighter, but I I see no path to victory here for her.
0: Not really because, like – so her sub game I wouldn't imagine is good enough to get her. She's not going to out-wrestle her regularly, I don't think. And, and like – you know, I guess you could say she could win a five-round point fight. You know, like she could she could poke away on the outside and land kicks awesome. and yeah. stuff like that. But like the problem with that is Rodriguez just gets in people's face, right? Like she's
1: she's yeah.
0: like she's gritty and nasty, and she she messes people up, and she's not afraid to get hit. And like I I just don't see that going well
1: for Waterson. Yeah, no, very true. So, all right, so there you go, folks. All twelve fights, and this is for the first time ever, we are agreeing on every fight so that's that's another uh thing that i can hype up in our in our, our promo of this podcast uh not that you need any more enticement to listen but in case some some of you casuals out there do um first time that's ever happened which means we have to we must be 100 percent correct or like there's no way we both could be wrong on uh on 12 fights so we're gonna get 12 and 0 this week which will also be a first um we Dan was very close last week. He we went 9-1 last week, so he's been very close. But this, week, this is the week. This is the week. So um, I think that is enough. It's getting late here, and I have to wake up in the middle of the night to snatch up all the good baseball starting pitchers for our fantasy league before Dan wakes up and gets them. <laughs> I woke up at 3 in the morning last night, and I like, grabbed my phone. And I'm like, oh, I can pick players. So I, I've, that's a that's a gem move right there. Instead of going back to sleep, and like, oh, I better see if I can grab some uh, – starting pitchers for our, our very competitive fantasy league. So I grabbed some, some starters before Dan was, was uh, out of bed. So we'll see if that happens tonight or not.
0: Best of luck to you in, in trying <laughs> to, to outwaken a guy with, with a, with a one year old and a two year old. That is true.
1: Very, very good point. Um, all right. In the meantime, your assignment, uh, boys and girls, hopefully there's some girls listening to this other than relatives of ours. Um, watch the fights, obviously uh, read all, this stuff on sportsgammypodcast.com. Um, I'll have my write-up of the event, my preview of the event, and all the picks and stuff um, will be going up Thursday. Um, read all our stuff on mma-manifesto.com, enter our Pick'em Contest, and you can read Dan's stuff on Ludovic Klein. He's got a uh, Friday, I usually post his underdog pick of, of, the, uh, of the week, um, so make sure you read all our stuff over there, uh, and follow us on Twitter. We won't be bad-mouthing each other for a change, but maybe we'll be congratulating and high-fiving each other on Twitter during the fights. But uh, it would be Gumby Vreeland. it would be Jeff Fox, writer. Um, I think we can put this one to bed. Uh, anything else? Any last uh, words, Mr. Vreeland?
0: No, no. I'm, I'm going to give you the sign-off this week.
1: Um, yeah i don't really have anything to say this week let me think i am uh jeff socks and that is uh gumby vreeland and thank you for letting us into your ear holes and we'll see you on when do we we record sunday night we'll see you sunday night slash monday morning bye-bye love you all